What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the best hair in the business, Fran Mirabella III. Good morning, Andrea. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. You know, I've been head down E3 prep. Yes. Like, I'm knee deep in it now, it, Fran. You can't see each other without mentioning E3 now. That's just the That's way it's going to be. But, yes. Uh, so the schedule is getting filled out. i got lots of cool stuff in the works mm-hmm. that I can't quite announce yet. But this, of course, is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, live right here on twitch.tv slash Games, you can watch us and hopefully correct us if we screw stuff up by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you guys don't watch live, you can watch it later at youtube.com slash kind of funny games or listen on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily you guys know what our icon looks like that beautiful blue and green hopefully you've hit that subscribe button or on youtube you've what what do the The kids say smash that bell yes smash the bell so you get an email every time we upload a brand new everybody episode exactly smashing the bell uh, no, the email. Everybody wants more email. So no, it, it, it works. It does. It. It's funny that like you use email. Uh, that's one way. But I think people just use. It's it. funny that I use email. No, for YouTube. Oh, okay. I, I think actually most people now they look for it in their their app. You know, because as soon as it goes live, you get uh, like. A oh real yeah. No, I prefer email notifications. No, um, but I only have a couple on for very specific channels because I can't have my inbox that's flooded what I'm with saying. YouTube notifications. And there you go. If you want to support us, and I know you do, smash the bell. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what I was saying, Fran. I know. Um, We've got uh, a lot of news stories coming up today. Some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. um, We have our first ever video game launch with true crossplay with Dauntless. We've got George R.R. Martin in video game news. All right. And it looks like we got a video demo of the upcoming PlayStation 5 hardware. Uh, So stick with us. We're going to talk about all of that and more. A little bit of housekeeping before we get to the news. Greg and Tim aren't here, obviously, because they're in Florida. What happened with the Google search you did yesterday with Flow Flow? Big Flow Flow. Uh, they, Greg, <laughs> I saw that. Greg called Florida Flow Flow, and yeah. then he wondered if people called Florida well, Flow Flow. I was mostly <laughs> amazed that, first of all, he just said it off the top of his mind, and I liked the big Flow Flow. I'm like, all right, yeah. clearly nobody calls it that. But then he wanted you to look up in case anybody did. And, of course, they did not. No. Right We're going to start it. When people look up. Big Flow Flow. <laughs> do people call Florida Big Flow Flow the first? First thing that's going to pop up is yes. <laughs> yes. It's a picture just of the, Greg. Just the word yes with a picture of Greg Miller. Um, so they're there for the Full Sail Hall of Fame. You can see them at their on-campus meet and greet Wednesday. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time in Building 3EB's Lobby. Then you can catch them at their open to the public meet and greet Wednesday night. Uh, the details are on Greg's Twitter. I believe they put those out last night. Um, it's mm-hmm. at a bar, I think. Yeah, I'll look they, it up. he did. Yeah, he did. so Barrett, yep. please do look that up for me and I'll update the doc here. Um, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Tom Buck, and Mohammed Mohammed. And today we're brought to you by Quip and Third Love, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. <laughs> We've got five stories today. A baker's dozen. <laughs> uh, update real quick from Greg's Twitter. Florida, let's do the damn thing. Kind of funny meet and greet Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. All ages at Eastern the deadly, deadly Sins Brewery, uh, Brewery on 750 Jackson Avenue, Winter Park, Florida. All right. You've got it there. So if you are in Florida and you're interested in seeing Greg and Tim, check out Greg's Twitter and you will get all of the details. And we'll put it in the we'll put it in the show notes, too. Um, all right, let's get into it. The news. The, oh, oh, I have one small other piece of housekeeping Uh-oh. that I forgot about. Um, uh. What's Good Games is also doing a meet and greet. It's very exciting. Um, so if you guys live in the UK and are anywhere near London, this Sunday, May 26th, me, Britt, and Steimer will be at the Marquee of Westminster from 3 to 6 p.m. We've hired the private bar downstairs. Please come by and see us. Say hello. Um, it'll be wow. fun. Wow. Take me with you. London yeah. is amazing. I haven't been in forever. So are you going for business as well as this meetup? And that well, sort of thing? we had intended to do some business, but because it's pre-E3, uh, most of the opportunities that we were pursuing wow. were like, hey, maybe not right now. We're huh. like, totally understand, it's just bro. just like uh, <laughs> you're celebrating Memorial Day in London. Well, <laughs> let me be clear. The reason why this trip really came about and we ended up 
parlaying it into a work trip is because the three of us are big Spice Girls fans. Oh, and they're here doing we go. a short reunion Tell tour. Me what you want. And oh, are you serious? Yes. So yes. it's it's um all of the original spices except for Victoria Beckham. Sure. She was like, I no no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> she's like the Olsen's twin. But, the Olsen twins come back. But to honestly, the house. of all the spices, she's probably the easiest one to be like, no yeah, thanks. Yeah, you, you put her on the right. <laughs> her musical right. prowess not the best. Right. So. Still missed because it'd be great to have all the originals. Of there. course, it would be amazing. But um, <laughs> okay, I'm really looking forward to it. I've ordered several outfit options because Avi, I'm going as Ginger. Options. Right. Oh my God! I'm there. will be a lot of Instagram updates and oh yeah, Twitter. Okay, the, it'll be all over social media Can't for sure. It'll it. be fun, but yeah. So hopefully we'll see you guys in London. All right, on to the first story. Dauntless launches today with true crossplay on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and the Epic Game Store. This comes from the Phoenix Labs press release that I got this morning. Phoenix Labs launched their free-to-play co-op action RPG Dauntless on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Epic Games Store today. Dauntless represents a major milestone in the games industry as the first ever game to launch with true cross-play functionality across all platforms. The launch fulfills Phoenix Labs' promise of one Dauntless, a cross-platform and cross-progression system that enables players to take their Dauntless account with them wherever they go and allows players to team up with others around the world regardless of their platform of choice. Quote, after a year in open beta and a ton of great feedback from over 3 million Dauntless players, we're proud to bring our game to console and expand our PC audience through the Epic Game Store, said Jesse Houston, the CEO and co-founder of Phoenix Labs. When we first started talking about one Dauntless, we knew it was a truly audacious goal. No one has ever launched on console with full cross-play support from the start, but we believed in our vision and thankfully our friends at Epic Game Store, Sony, and Microsoft did too. Keeping the community connected is one of our top priorities and with all the new players coming in at launch there's never been a better time to be a slayer in Dauntless. Dauntless arrives with numerous improvements and content updates. The mastery system offers a new way for players to hone their skills, earn experience, unlock achievements and acquire new rewards and each behemoth and weapon has its own unique mastery card for players to delve into. Um, no need for me to get into any more details. Mm-hmm. If you guys missed it, I talked about Dauntless on Gamescast yes. uh, which was published yesterday at youtube.com slash games, or of course on your favorite podcast platform. So if you guys want to check that out. I also did an even deeper dive on Dauntless, uh, Dauntless excuse me, on What's Good Games from last week. Nice. So that's the third segment um, of the show from last week if you guys want to skip ahead to that because it's kind of a long one. Nice. Um, but the game is really cool so it's in the um, hunting combat genre um, so if you are a fan of games like um, God Eater or Monster Hunter then you might want to check Dauntless out because it's free and yeah. it's cross progression and cross platform. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. You can't... Oh, wait, that's right. It is because of the type of game it is. All your saves are just across. In the cloud. Which, that that's one of the bigger things. Crossplay is one thing to be able to play with other people, but it, in fact, you can hop around on different platforms. I actually had missed that when I first read through this. Like, that's huge. That's exactly what we need for mini games. From yeah, Division 2 absolutely. to Destiny to all these games I play that I'd love to play with other people and hop around. Um, this, this is awesome. I'm really excited about what this means for potential future live service games. Um, I'm kind of surprised that no one else has done this yet. That's the, <laughs> that's the first big thing that stands out that I still, I'm not sure how to read between the lines on this one. Sony last year started to say, yeah, we're totally, you can right there, like you can apply for a cross platform. It's no problem. But then nobody seems to be able to do it. And we're like, why? And then somebody will be like, that's not true. We've sent in for approval and mm-hmm. we don't get approved. And so, Whatever the case, Dauntless is able to do it and many others seemingly not. I think the key here and the reason why Dauntless was maybe the first to launch is because it's free to play. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to worry about who's getting their cut from which platform for the price of the SKU, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're paying $60 for Destiny 2 on the PlayStation Store, you know, then you have these weird snafus of like, well, if you're going to play it on Xbox One, well, then you didn't pay for it on Xbox. Then you have to deal with this weird license scene check whereas with a free to play game if the dauntless servers keep all of your cosmetic purchases attached to your mm-hmm. account in the cloud then I think it's probably easier from a licensing perspective for them to be able to do full cross progression cross platform right. play yeah and my guess is that because uh, there are microtransactions in dauntless right yes, so there are cosmetics my guess is where you buy those that's where the cuts start to happen but yes like you can buy them anywhere and cross 
safe. But that, that's the big story here, obviously, is we're seeing it. It's another game. I mean, it's not that Fortnite hasn't done some cross-play and cross-progression. And um, I believe Minecraft, to some extent, I wasn't sure if it had ever fully nailed. I don't think it did. But That's a good kind of funny.com slash you're wrong yeah. about uh, cross-progression with Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that... Epic has been a, a leader in cross-platform and cross-progression, um, particularly PC to console. Da- back in my Paragon days, it was a really awesome feature mm. that if I wanted to pick it up and play on PC, I could. Not that I what did. What were you playing <laughs> but, on? Uh, I was playing on PS4. Oh, you were on PS4. But I had plenty of friends who played on PC primarily mm. and then sometimes would play on and PS4. And Paragon was pro- cross-progression as well? Yes, it oh. was. They seemed to Another be Another free-to-play game, so. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, maybe with more stuff, Epic Store happening and whatnot, more collaboration there, maybe we'll see more breakthroughs here. But it is it is far and few um, in between, you know, in terms of what we see. Or is it few and far in between? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what up. we really need is one of the big publishers to lead the way here. Um, somebody like Activision with Call of Duty or mm-hmm. EA with Battlefield or even a Ubisoft with something like The Division or yeah. like Ghost Recon yeah, that's honestly, coming up, right? Division 2 would have been great because it's not... It sells well, but it's not like, you know, Red Dead Redemption or whatever. Um, so it would have been nice to get like something out there like that. Um, but yeah, it feels like we've seen a lot of free to play stuff. And maybe you're right about that is it's a lot less messy with that stuff um, because it's not a full purchase of the game. On what platform is it selling a system? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really matter. It's just about are they playing on your system doing a microtransaction, which, you know, maybe for the better that it does have this ecosystem. And maybe that's what they're testing as well is sort of seeing like maybe maybe they have the agreement that they get to see the data of where the microtransactions are happening and then they can sort of judge if this is a good idea or not. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's all business. Well, I think it also lends itself to uh, exclusive cosmetics for each platform to incentivize people to either jump between platforms yeah. or to play on specific platforms. And Fortnite has that, yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good note too. So... Anyway, it's just awesome to see. We need a heck of a lot more of it. And in current games, you know, retroactively, yeah, I need it in Division 2. I need it in Destiny 2. And I don't think we'll see either of those. But wah, wah. Yep. Well, we can cross our fingers, Fran, and hope for the best. On to the next story. George R.R. R. Martin reignites rumors about a game with Dark Souls creator. This write-up comes from Julia Lee over at Polygon. A new blog post by George R.R. R. Martin following the series finale of Game of Thrones teases that the author has been helping make a video game. The blog post says that he's been busy lately and even consulted on a video game out of Japan. While those details aren't too specific, a source told Gamatsu for, that From Software is working on an unannounced title with Martin, known internally as GR. The Gamatsu report also notes that the title will be officially announced at Microsoft's E3 press conference this year, and it's a collaboration between Martin and Hidetaki Miyazaki, known for his Soul series. The source explains that the game has been in development for three years already. It's an open-world game with uh, horse racing? It will be published by Bandai Namco. Original speculation about Martin creating a Souls-like game with From Software spawned from a tweet from Leon Robertson. Quote, there is a From Software rumor going around that is absolutely bonkers. I think you should be hearing some more about this later today, end quote. The rumors only continued following Spawnway's video talking about a collaboration with the Game of Thrones writer. The Microsoft E3 press conference takes place on June 9th, so we'll have to wait until then for more information. Mm-hmm. Finish your books. Yeah, right? Jeez. <laughs> Fucking finish What's your up, books. What's up, George? What the heck? Where's Winds of Winter? Oh, God. We'll never see it. Yeah, it's never coming out. So is this a Game of Thrones uh, game, you think, or just no. like something new? No. Just fantasy fiction stuff and plying his... It sounds like when, you know, Guillermo del Toro started working on games mm-hmm. um, and then stopped because he yeah. couldn't I, get I, anything I, made I, because THQ. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I love the idea, actually. Um, you know, obviously, he's very good at creating worlds and characters and stuff like that. So if this is happening and this is now a continued rumor, because we had heard it a while back, like, you know, we mentioned in here, but like... It was, oh, there might be some Dark Souls-y type game, and supposedly George R. R. Martin was consulting on it. We're like, whatever. When are we going to see the next thing from From Software? It seems like it's taken a while. You know, not that Sekiro uh, wasn't a thing, but meaning the Dark Souls, you know, series, Bloodborne 2, whatever. Um, it seems like something's been in the making for a while, and it could be. This could make E3 kind of big in that sense of, an annou- even just a teaser trailer, like, you know, from the creators of Dark Souls. In the mind of Game of Thrones, <laughs> George R. R. Martin. Like, it could fire, yeah. you know? It could be a really cool teaser, Absolutely. even if we don't get to see a lot. Um, 
If it's real, how far out do you think it is, Andrea? If it's been in development yeah. for three years, this sounds like it could potentially be a next-gen Xbox launch title. Or oh. if not, launch year, maybe the following six to 12 months. Because mm-hmm. what we generally see is that the launch slates are relatively light during launch window, like yeah. that... Um, like. October, November, December, or even just the November, December. And then the bigger titles happen the following year in holiday. So it's possible that if it doesn't, like, let's hypothetically say new Xbox launches fall 2020. um, This game could launch fall 2021. Oh, you think maybe that far out? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's three, if it's three years in development, it depends on how big the game is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, on average, it is three to five years. Um, From what I've heard from people like Michael Condry, he was talking about game development cycles at GameSpeed Summit um, just a couple months ago. Yeah, the big AAA stuff, especially. um, I was curious: Are either of you big Souls players? I'm on and off. Not a huge one. Started playing Sekiro. I've followed Souls. I played Demon Souls, you know, when it came out. I never beat yeah. it, though. And then I sort of dropped off and observed. Would you call them narrative-heavy games? My assumption from an outsider's perspective is they heavy. never felt narrative-heavy. I think, yeah, Did, Fran's got a good point of it's lore-heavy, and there's story if you, like, are really into the worlds and are there for it. But, like, you don't need it to play through the game. Yeah, and that's... Fight some tough people. Cool. It's not like Naughty Dog, which is very narrative no, heavy. Right. No, but but the difference, the world creation and mm-hmm. the characters and like that's where I do see a really big matchup. More like art direction? The, well, all the above. Like what is the world? Like mm-hmm. could, presumably that's what this is, is him consulting on, you know, what are your potential characters and, and who knows, types of enemies and like how do you build this? It could be anything. It could be a story but that that part would surprise me again he's kind of got a full plate i don't think george r r martin's in there does he does yeah. he though yeah. i think he's abandoned these books i really do i think he's got his fat hbo checks all of his royalties yeah, from, the, I don't. from the licensing from all the game of thrones merchandise he out already there. Had and money, he's like though. i'm good bro yeah I, I think it's honestly been the fame and all that that, that has swept him away into other things but um and now he's under the pressure to like do all this right and now even more anyway getting off track i don't think he's out there writing you know the new game and all that it's more okay. i think consulting on feedback right to have his mind on like what how, what do you do in this world and then maybe he got to create a little bit of like idea for for building it yeah the world of dark souls is awesome and even like bloodborne right they're both so yeah i really cool like the aesthetic of, of bloodborne yeah. and there's lore too like i said so Anyway, um, I, I think guess it's we'll cool. Find out soon, huh? I feel like it's actually happening. I know he just like blurted out that he, yeah, I was working on something out of Japan, but that has been the rumor for a while, um, and it, it, it adds up. Like, who else is he working with? Nintendo, probably not. <laughs> I, right? I mean, Unlikely. he could be. Unlikely. 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 Uh, I do think it, it matches up from software, unless he's working on the next Final Fantasy, which would be a great twist. No. He's not. No. 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 Don't start that rumor, friend. Okay, no. next story. <laughs> PlayStation 5 tech demo footage surfaces at Investor Conference. So this write-up comes from Richard Ledbetter, the technology editor over at Digital Foundry oh, via Richard. Eurogamer. Yeah. Uh, Digital Foundry, of course, the kind of leaders in video game news publications about tech stuff. So... Uh, Sony has shown an early PlayStation 5 tech demo at an investor conference captured for posterity by Wall Street Journal Tokyo journalist Takahashi, no, Takashi Mochizuki. The demo, or a variant of it, was previously shown to Wired Magazine, highlighting the enormous streaming and loading time advantages offered by the proprietary SSD technology that finds its way into Sony's next generation, PlayStation. Uh, Barrett, can we maybe get this video up? I put that link in there for you. The presentation is based on Marvel's Spider-Man and was developed by Insomnia Games. It starts off by showing a series of fast travel warps around New York with uh, PS4 Pro taking 8.1 seconds to complete a single jump. By contrast, the next generation hardware completes the same process in just 0.83 seconds. Roughly speaking, loading times are improved by an order of magnitude. All right, let's take a look at this video real quick. Just one second. Okay, I will keep reading that. The second element of the demo focuses on streaming open world data. In the original Wired piece, PlayStation system architect Mark Cerny explained that the speed of traversal in Spider-Man is limited by the constraints of the PS4 Pro hardware. The video shows this in action. As speed is increased, the PS4 Pro grinds to a halt as it streams in new information, with buildings popping in before the sequence starts up again. The same sequence on the new hardware shows traversal at jet fighter speed, with no hitching or stuttering whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And if it... 
is the first one. And, I'm being okay. told the second yeah. video is also really important. Okay. Yeah, I, I've watched all this. What, what you want to look for here, there's two things. One, they're showing on the left side. Watch it snap. See? They're, they're calling random points on the disc. This, that, this, that, right? So meaning it's not necessarily all sequential. I believe that's the goal of that is say, hey, very quickly load this, that. Now right. what you can see is, yeah, the streaming, how fast can you load in sequentially all this, you know, and render all this data. Oh, my God. And boom, it locks up, quote unquote, you know, on the PS4. It's yeah. just loading because they're going way too fast with the camera. Now what you'll see on the next gen stuff, they don't call it PS5 or anything, um, but it just starts to zoom. And you'll see, so yeah, if you're listening at home, it's now on the what? next generation so development. They zoom through the, you know, the um, cool. streets of New York. And yeah, it was sort of stopping every once in a while on PS4 to just mm -hmm. load the next section. Whereas on the next generation tech, it just streams in. Now, a lot of people have made the point that it's like, well, that's just, 1080p probably ps4 who knows right it, we don't know the details of for all we know it's a 640 by 360 signal it's not probably but it's probably 1080p and um the textures are not as high res as they would be and valid points but it's a cool demo i mean we know ssd is faster so i think but I think you can talk about SSD being faster, but until a lot, faster. a lot of people, particularly console players who maybe don't know what an experience of playing on PC is like, that until they see it with their eyes and see the true difference in the power, I don't think it's something that most people who aren't tech savvy really understand. I mean, so they have a slide in this presentation that reiterates what was in the Wired article about tech specs. So we've got an all new CPU, GPU, a solid state storage, 3D audio, back compatibility, disk support, 8K compatibility, and ray tracing, mm -hmm. which is like every, everybody's talking about ray tracing right now. Um, so... I think that these stats are really cool, but the general public is like, cool, what the heck is ray tracing, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, all these, that's the thing, right? We're gonna see more demos of this versus that. We already saw a ray tracing demo, by the way, for when the 20 series RTX cards came out from NVIDIA, and uh, it looked amazing. How many games are effectively using and pulling it off at a high frame rate? The truth is, not many, but it does look gorgeous like games like metro exodus and some others out there that support this if you have the rig it's amazing but to step back to the ssd stuff i think the really important thing to take away which did surprise me when mark cerny talked to wired and everything this is important to sony and as i've reiterated in the world of we're going to maybe see cloud tech and all this other stuff that we're almost in a way I, I laugh it's like the dream of the n64 carts and the reason nintendo you know was stubborn was they hated the concept of load times and truthfully mm -hmm. cart ram you know directly into the output it was incredible you got you know remember when you jump in the painting in mario like back then compared to playstation there was a huge difference where you to try to do that on playstation it it'd be loading um and so anyway the fact that they're going back to that concept now because we've kind of gotten farther away from it and used to frankly what 90 second load times in uncharted and once you load in it does, you know you don't worry about it as much but um where i was going with it is i love that ssd and fast loading is is important to them and that's a reason for me to put a console in my living room and it could be a huge difference as people were sort of pointing out and all these games where you think back on how long it took to get between stuff. And the last note I'd make is just the, um, the difference here too is it's not like a PC where you get a motherboard, you stack everything together, you plug in your card. It's all custom and that's always the awesome part about consoles is usually when they're out the gate too, yes, they're cost effective, but they are hopefully, they're gonna build that SSD in so tightly with the pipeline that hopefully it's faster than what a PC SSD would be. It's not, in theory, it's not the same thing. It should be faster. So that I think that's what they're getting at here is they're very focused on that. Um, I can't wait to see a real demo though. <laughs> Maybe sometime soon, who knows? Well, they're not gonna be at E3. But another part of the story that I wanted to bring up since there's been some chatter over the last week about PlayStation's partnership with Microsoft for oh, yeah. cloud streaming um, is that that was part of this presentation as well. Um, the firm has acknowledged that streaming 
is going to become very important, settling in alongside disc and digital downloads. However, in the medium term goal appears to be doubling down on PlayStation Now with a view to increasing the current 700,000 subscribers to an impressive 5 million using current capacity investments. So that means what PlayStation currently has onboarded themselves. And it is beyond that where the collaboration with Microsoft kicks in to achieve growth and scale faster than ever before. So it sounds like PlayStation and Sony's goals are to go above and beyond 5 million. And that is their current their current goal. But they realize that, hey, if streaming takes off the way that everyone's saying it's going to, we're not future-proofed to be competitive alongside Microsoft and Google Stadia for streaming. And so we need to do something about it. And that's where the partnership with Microsoft came into play. Interesting. Yeah, they're saying near term, medium term, whatever that means, the next right. few years, I don't know, maybe they want to double it. Maybe they're saying, long, if I read this right, uh, with a view to increasing right current 700K subscribers to impressive 5 million. Doubling that's, down on PlayStation now, increasing from 700,000 to 5 million. That's their near that, term goal. Oh, they're doubling down. On PlayStation now. <laughs> that's what's confusing. Okay, I misread it. Yeah. They're doubling down in the medium term to get a 7X almost yeah. increase. It's a little more than that. That's what they're saying. Do you think that means the next few years they think they're going to get 5 million install base it like, really quote, depends on how fast the tech moves yeah. you and know playstation like, 5 or whatever it is needs to come out yeah i mean like and also it's tough to know because i don't think and i've said this before and i'm going to reiterate it again i don't think the telecommunications infrastructure particularly here in the united states yeah. is going to move fast enough to keep up with these goals because we have talked time and time again about how difficult it is for the vast majority of Americans to get access to truly high-speed internet. Mm -hmm. Things that are 25 megabits per second and above, right? So it's frustrating to think that the hardware makers are like, oh yeah, everyone's going to go to streaming. It's like, nah, dog, most people can't even stream 1080p on the regular right now. (laughs) It it is fair. Like our infrastructure in many places, I mean, we're overall pretty lucky in San Francisco uh, even though we can't get Google Fiber in many places which yeah. is so ironic no I'm in, I'm in one of the rare lucky places you that, have got, it. that has oh, fiber it's, yeah. it's funny Google's right down the street from us and like we just can't get it like I live in the heart of the city and like I can't get it but it's to build those lines but you know the world is also changing fast too people are, have been forever now a decade trying to get satellites up and we got LTE 5 truly LTE 5 will eventually come with antennas and so you know you think about it maybe we're two years out from a PlayStation 5 and maybe, you know, two years from that. So like we're four years away from what you're thinking may not work, but four years ago, think of how different it was. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I think that when, when you hear what I'm saying, I'm talking about for the vast majority of people, I'm not talking about specifics because even though I'm lucky enough to live in a neighborhood that has fiber now, like fiber is not going to go nationwide for quite some time. Right. Yeah. And so I think when you talk about hardware makers making, you know, broad sweeping generalizations about industry industry trends and where the gamers are going to go, you can't think about the people who are on the bleeding ed- edge of technology and always want to have the fastest tech, the newest tech, the most powerful tech. You have oh, to totally. think about the people who can afford what they can afford yeah. and who have access to what they have access to, yep. right? And I think that that's where my skepticism is really the heaviest because I come from a place that doesn't have access to super high-speed internet. Certain pockets of the state do in North Dakota, where I'm from, um, do have access. But like my aunt and uncle who live like in rural Minnesota on a 60-acre farm, like they're lucky if they can pull down you know five megabits from their cell signals. Yeah, no, we've got a long way to go, and especially even when you have the signal, what is the lag still of yeah. putting your game input in and it coming back? And you know, maybe the last thing to still think about is that Stadia is out there trying to get the head start on this and actually being the most rooted in it, you know, they seemingly aren't going to have anything like a next Xbox or a PlayStation in terms of super high tech in your living room that you can just like purchase a game and bring it back. Um, but what's up, Kevin? One of the main points they've made, Kevin, I'm in the middle of a point. Let me finish this. I, I didn't say anything. You just did. <laughs> so I to finish you, the sorry. point, the, uh, you know, the one point that Google makes for us all to think about though, is as uh, our next story is going to talk about something selling 10, 10 million copies to reach 10 million people. That's the difference. Yes, going worldwide is very hard, but now you're going worldwide to billions. What if you can just get 20 million people with a connection that will you know, will play the game? So that could be the big 
game changer is you may not be it may not be working for everyone but that's now a really it, interesting yeah, point to consider worldwide for sure. you get a much bigger saturation without having to put a console in your living and room and all, so. all those other people just get left behind yeah screw Hope, those people right Fran yeah right exactly <laughs> we'll be playing our uh, division 2 raids at 60 frames it's okay in they'll, our be, hang, they'll be hanging on their Nintendo Switch they'll be fine I just I just wanted to chime in like I, I feel Did like you? it's it's super important for like there to be like desire for something big like this and there has to be like a test bed of people that are like saying hey this works mm-hmm. for like uh more rural places to rural. get developed and like for the internet speeds to increase everywhere people have to want it and mm-hmm. have to have a need for oh, it absolutely yeah. oh definitely and, yeah. people want it i no, wasn't yeah. saying people don't want it absolutely but like if they can't use like uh, this new gaming platform that r- relies on faster speeds then like Companies have to step up and give them the faster speeds, and like hopefully that'll be a race to the bottom on like prices and stuff too. I, I mean, I think uh, that's what we as consumers are all mm-hmm. hoping for is that with these companies coming in and offering these mm-hmm. powerful services, that telecoms will keep pace. Yeah. But based off what we've seen so far, particularly in the United States, because I have no knowledge of you know major telecommunications legislation in countries outside of here, yeah. it, and if you do. And you have something you'd like to contribute, please kind of find out how much you're wrong. Um, I'll allow it just for for today because yeah, I've asked a for feedback. it. Otherwise, um, just you're wrong. It's just that it's it's frustrating to think that we're all kind of handcuffed by just like a handful of companies who are potentially throttling us. And I have no doubt they will race to offer us the highest speed internet at the highest possible price that people will be able to stomach pain. And that's the really disappointing part because it's already expensive to be a gamer, right? And to to have gaming as a hobby, the hardware is expensive, the software is expensive. And then on top of that, you got to put into the the streaming price. And I know the whole idea of Google Stadia is that Mm. you'll be able to play it on a variety of pieces of hardware and you hopefully won't be handcuffed to a specific Mm -hmm. console. Console, um, but we haven't seen exactly how that's going to work yet. So. Right, but I, I just think that like for their like the higher the demand, the the higher the like the more supply will come towards us, and like having people need faster, uncapped internet, like that's gonna eventually there's gonna be a company that comes out and says, hey, we don't have any like limits on stuff. Like, you pay this price and you get unlimited everything, and like, then other companies follow suit. I hope you're right, Kevin. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I've it, seen it, the way capitalism works in this country. I mean, I, I'm of not, net neutrality? I, I don't know if it's going to go that way. <laughs> yeah. People are invested in net neutrality, but like, the, it, it's. No, no, you were right there. Yeah, like, what I'm saying is having it yeah. forces more people's hands. Right. I get that point. Think about Absolutely. like texting. There was a point mm-hmm. where every text cost 10 cents. Oh yeah, I And now all texts are basically unlimited. <laughs> yeah, like long distance. Let's go yeah. farther. Long distance. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. Long distance. Call, like Nationwide long distance. Yeah. Before was like you like I remember being on phone calls and my mom being like where are you calling? Yeah. Like how far is it? And I, you know being yeah. like I, I don't know. And it's like well you gotta know and it's like okay. Uh, and now that like that's a thing of the past and, yeah. and like internet Hopefully, we'll go that same way. But I like, hope so too, Kevin. We need I to really have a do. reason. Yeah, it will yeah. in due time, but we've well, got a long way to go. In very this doubtful, though. No, no I think yeah. the technology will come. Yeah. I just think it will come at a price. Yeah. I feel like because that's, but it the, always that's does. the world it we live in. It always does at first. Yeah. Like they, there had to be people paying hundreds of dollars for their texts to go out every month mm-hmm. before someone was like, "Hey, let's put uh, like." You can send X amount of text, and then eventually it became unlimited. And it's like, yeah, a bunch of people in the beginning will have to pay. Those are the people that have better access to stuff, and those are also the people that like, like you know, they have to take one for the team. Is yeah, what you're exactly. Saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if that has to be us, so be it. God damn it! It's gonna be it's you, Kevin. Kevin, uh, Kevin take one for the team. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like we are doing the show where we were talking about text costing 10 cents a message. And we're like, yeah, it needs to change. And like, yeah, of course it's going to. Yeah. When? When is the question? Yes. Two years from now when PlayStation 5 is out? No. I mean, I'm making that definitely number not. Exactly. That's the question. How fast will it change? Well, this is a really fascinating story. I think it's also really interesting them trying to more than quadruple their PlayStation Now subscribers. I actually just subscribed for the first time uh, last month so I could play nice. until dawn. Oh, um, with un- the girls. until now, or on uh, PlayStation Now. Because I was like, oh, it's in- it's included with PlayStation Now, or I guess I could buy it individually. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I why don't I try this out? Ask I didn't try the streaming. Copy. I just downloaded it yeah. though. I was like, Meh. I should try the streaming though. And see and how your it goes. streams are, or your uh, scares are going to have lag. 
Yeah, right. I don't know that. I, I, I haven't tried it Joking. out for myself. I honestly don't the know. The streaming is interesting. I played not a not a great game already with uh, like frame rate and stuff, so it was hard to tell if it was the game or the streaming quality. So, so. I have to find like the highest frame rate game that they have on the That's platform exactly. and yeah. then try streaming it. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll take a look. If you know off the top of your head what the highest frame rate game on PlayStation Now is, and you want to put it in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, I wouldn't be mad at you. All right, next story. God of War. Sales have passed 10 million. This write-up comes from IGN. Yes, very exciting. Um, Adam Bankhurst writes, God of War has reached a huge milestone as it has now sold over 10 million units since it launched on PlayStation 4 in April of last year. This news was revealed by Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan during his presentation at Sony's IR day 2019 and while we don't have an exact number we do know that it joins other ps4 exclusives like uncharted 4 a thief's end the last of us remastered and horizon zero dawn in the 10 million units sold club god of war which was ign's game of the year which was my game of the year was it kind of funny kind of funniest game of the year i believe probably so i mean it was like the best game it was greg miller's game of the year so i imagine there's a lot of good games but that was the best one um was developed by sony santa monica and the team recently recently released a documentary god of war raising kratos based on the entire production cycle of the game i've heard it's a tearjerker all these playstation 4 exclusives have helped sony maintain the sales lead this generation with ps4 sales crossing over 91.6 million units sold globally earlier this year God of War obviously um, made the list of best PS4 games, duh. Uh, and they were just talking about some other stuff, other stats from IGN, which we don't need to go over. Yeah. Um, so they had this little image that they yeah, included the image is helpful. in their article where it shows PS2, PS3, and PS4 um, games kind of side by side for what I believe is his lifetime unit imaged by title and platform. So Mm -hmm. clearly you can see from the graphic here um, that we don't have to show you, unfortunately, that PS4 has dominated an overall unit sold mostly because there are more PlayStation 4s than PlayStation 3s in the world. So of course they're going to sell more um, platform exclusives because there are just more consoles in the world. There was still a lot of, uh, I forget how, I mean, PlayStation 2 sold a ton, right? Yes. Um, it's, it's not like they didn't go on to sell. It was a lot. I thought it was upwards of 80 to 100 million or more as well. So Right, but this is specifically for platform exclusives, right? So Oh no, but I, I thought you were talking about the install base of the platform. No, what I'm saying is these, these first party exclusives on PS4 sold more, far and away, more units than first Previous party first exclusives price. on PS3 yes. or PS2. Now, that's mostly because there wasn't, um, they on, we only see the number here for the God of War on PS2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't show us any other yeah. platform exclusives. Like so we could probably just take PS2 out of the conversation mm-hmm. here since that was a long time ago. And obviously yeah. that console did amazing. Sold, you know, what, 150 million units or something crazy? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. The install base was huge. Yeah. For these, but, so. but it wasn't because of the first party game. It wasn't, no. It was because it was just the superior console at the time. And they also had fantastic third party support as and well. It it's because of Metal Gear drive. and Final Fantasy. Come on. The then. DVD drive. Yes. That was really it, DVD. let's be honest. Um, so I think the really interesting part here about this graph is the PS3 exclusives next to the PS4 exclusives. So Yeah, and, and that's why I was going to say the most useful part of the graph is they have 10 million copies. We know that God of War just crossed it in one year. You look at it, something like Uncharted, uh, I can't see. It's Uncharted 4. I, oh, yeah, duh, that's the only, like true new one um uncharted 4 looks to be let's call it what 15 16 million or something um and likewise last of us just over 10 million but what you're seeing is games of this quality by sony studios are crossing this 10 million number and maybe for comparison you know you take something like red dead which is not gta which is a lot of copies Mm -hmm. um it's still 23 million or 24 now recently shipped but we know over 23 million copies sold multi-platform right which is only two platforms, though Xbox and PlayStation. But but you know, Red, uh, but Rockstar only puts out a game once every five years. That's the same as Sony Santa Monica and. Uh, well, the reason I well, <laughs> right, you know, no, but the joking. reason I bring it up is because I think it's interesting when you take a game like Red Dead and you put it alongside a game like FIFA or Call of Duty, who routinely sells between twenty and twenty-five yeah. million units every year but which is which yeah. is which is multi-platform but it's their yearly franchises and i think it's just fascinating to look at how many people are consuming video games worldwide regardless like they're all doing fantastic 
people like Rockstar or Activision or Sunny Santa Monica selling lots of units is good for the industry as a whole. And so congratulations to PlayStation and Sony Santa Monica. Corey, yeah, you I, did it. You did the thing. Yeah, it's good. And, and the main trend that you see is just them a really good title selling well on PlayStation 4 of that quality crosses 10 million. See, that's what the message I'm getting from it is. And um, so we can look a year from now and look at Days Gone and compare that. And if oh, it does half, or, no, but I'm, I'm being honest, <laughs> like it's a major studio release. You can actually, I think, compare it to this right around 10 million number and kind of get a sense of how did it hit. Um, but anyway. So you're saying if it doesn't hit 10 million, it's a flop. No, I'm not saying because obviously <laughs> how much did it cost to make that versus God of War? And who knows? But nobody um, knows. Yeah. Well, Sean Layden knows. That's true. <laughs> Shuhei Yoshida knows. Shuhei definitely knows. Um, some other people over there. Jim Ryan knows. A lot of people probably know, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Oh, sorry. Skip my notes in the middle of the today's run of oh, show. Oh, yeah. Whoops. And I then our final, our final story. Um, Call of Duty mobile beta is rolling out in select regions. Maps, modes, and more details are announced. This write-up comes from GameSpot. Activision has shared more details on the Call of Duty mobile as the spinoff approaches the regional beta testing phase. The first closed beta is beginning this week in India with regional tests starting soon in Australia and then following to other territories over the coming months. A post on the Activision blog details the upcoming game. A variety of control options let you customize the toggles like sensitivity, gyroscope, aiming, field of vision, and sprinting. You can choose simple mode, which auto-fires your weapon, or advanced mode that uses manual firing along some other options and HUD customizations. It even boasts 17 sliders for aiming sensitivity. As a Call of Duty game, of course, you can select up to three score streak equipment, like the recon car, air supply drop, missile streak, drone, and sentry gun. From your loadout menu, you'll pick you know, your loadout stuff that you guys know all about. I'm going to skip ahead of this. Um, so far, the studio has announced five modes, free-for-all, Frontline, Team Deathmatch, Hardpoint, and Domination. It will also bring back several well-known Call of Duty maps, including Crossfire, Standoff, Crash, Kill House, and Firing Range. You can pre-register through the official site, which will sign you up for a chance at the beta. Additional gameplay modes are still to be announced. Mm-hmm. Man, it's about time Call of Duty went mobile. Yeah, uh, th- that's why it is a big story, like you were saying before. It's such a huge franchise, um, so for it to really dig its heels in and go mobile and um, you'll see how it performs. I mean, the phones can totally handle it now and we've seen how good uh, and tablets for that matter, but how good players have become with just using touchpad input and stuff. Absolutely. So. You look at the success of a game like PUBG Mobile or even a game like Fortnite on mobile and the competitive tournament scene that's developing around uh, mobile gaming. And I think that it absolutely uh, makes sense that Activision and Call of Duty are going to get into the mobile market. Yeah. It's just also another way for players to take one of their favorite franchises on the go. Nice. Uh, I added a very quick thing that came in from You're Wrong, uh, oh. which was more of a tip. We normally don't take breaking news, but this one, well, job well done providing it's interesting a enough, real link. Uh, Kebab sent it in, but um, that Sony is um, working on a Twisted Metal TV show. According to Kotaku, this was sent through, the chairman of Sony Pictures Entertainment, Tony Vinciquera, confirmed it was in production during a Q&A with investors earlier today. Hopefully it's a reality TV mockumentary. This is something they say about a contest where everyday people battle in a deadly car duels in pursuit of the American dream. Um, That'd be great. Uh, did I read his name right? You looked at me like, was that oh, why no. you did that? Okay. No, I have no idea. I didn't know what his name. name was. I hope I got that it right. It sounds like you read it right. Did I say Vincent, Vincent Cuero? Anyway, um, yeah, we Vincent just said the Cuero? news yesterday yeah. about that they're doing their own studios in terms of their own properties because... They've seen too often that if you hand off your franchise, the next thing you know, they're trying to adapt the movie to the game. Yeah, look at this the, poor Uncharted movie. <laughs> wait, I haven't even... Is it still happening? It's like... I, who, I still believe who knows? in it. I still believe who in a Tom Holland's happening? Nathan Drake. That would be cool. He's too young. Um, Do a young Nathan Drake story. Were you uh, a big... Uh, uh, I could be into that as long as they get Nathan Fillion to do like a cameo as old Nathan yeah. Drake. Wait, okay. the focus though. Okay. Twisted Metal. Okay, sorry, sorry. TV sorry. show... Were you a big Twisted Metal fan back in the day or anything? No. Like that? Okay. It was Britney's thing. Yeah, it's a cool style. And like, yeah, I'm like, what the heck would this be? It's a very, it is a very twisted world, but you're like going around in vehicles crashing into each other and stuff. So is that like a Mad Max-esque, you know, Sounds Breaking expensive. Bad meets, Sounds like expensive TV. <laughs> but uh, weird that, that that would come out of all this is that Twisted Metal. But I guess that's a softball saying, look, we are working on something, but can't tell you about the big ones yet. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Fran, if a Twisted Metal or Uncharted film is ever happening, it'll be way down the road. But if we so wanted to know away. what was coming to the Mom and Grab Digital Shots today, where would we go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Before we get to out today, I'm going to tell you this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. It's time for spring cleaning, and Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids' Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as our original version with no childish gimmicks, so they can brush like a grown-up. The new brush is the same as our original version, just tweaked for size-down mouths. Kids are inspired to to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products the adults in their life use and they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. Kid-friendly features like a smaller brush head, watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and rubber grip handles and colors the little ones will love. Why Quip? Well, there's a built-in built, built two-minute timer, which we already told you about, and up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. It's true. Multi-use cover works as a stand. It mounts to mirrors and slides over your bristles to pack up and protect your Quip on the go. And Quip is the first electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 250,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Um, I could tell you that Greg loves Quip, but I can also tell you that I love my Quip, and I travel with it all mm. the time. Um, over one million happy mouths and healthy mouths do, too. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you're going to get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash games. Uh, we're also brought to you today by Third Love. Third Love is making a Amazing bras that Gia, Jen, and all the kind honeys are wearing on a daily basis, and they've got the perfect bra for you. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for the perfect fit and premium feel. Find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder and order and try it at home. No more of those awkward fitting room experiences. Fran, if I could only describe to you just how awkward these Super fitting awkward. room yeah. are. I'm like, no thanks. I don't want to show you my nipples. Uh, <laughs> fit Finder quiz, I gotta do. To answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, and they help you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test, and if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. That's awesome. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit, and they're available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy, and Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today. All right, speaking of today, out today, Atelier Lulua, the scion of Arland. What kind of a game name is that? Uh, Dauntless, which we talked about earlier. Observation is on, oh, sorry, Dauntless is on PS4, Xbox One. Observation is on PS4 and PC. American Fugitive is out for PS4 and PC, and it will be out later in the week for Switch and Xbox One. Uh, Dragon Fantasy, the volumes of Wisteria is out for PS4. Slay the Spires on PS4. Skelly Celeste is on PS4. Virtual, virtual, wait, virtual, virtual reality? Is that the name of the game? That's how they get you. Is on PS4. That, Vision Superstar right X is on Xbox One and PC. Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered finally makes its way on the Switch. Right. Team wow. Sonic, it's a great game. Uh, Team wow. Sonic yeah. Racing is finally out today on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Merenia Tavern Story Patty. Wait, what is this? Patty Merenia and the Hungry Tavern God? Story Patty and the Hungry God. Is on Xbox One. Is this virtual virtual reality this you got is here? Virtual right. virtual reality. Step back. Um, We're showing virtual virtual reality. Oh, wait, are the people using virtual reality and you're it's, watching them? Must be a VR game. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, PSVR. it is VR. Yeah, that looked like the you little vibe your, controller. They, I don't understand what's happening in this game. <laughs> you're, you're, 
uh, I'm not I don't gonna... even know if I could describe it to people who are listening on audio well, platforms. Well, yeah. All you I might just need using... to go Google it for yourself. Yeah, you're using uh, both hands to do weird stuff in the game. Resident Evil is on Switch. Resident Evil 4 is on Switch. And Resident Evil 0 is also on Switch. Oh. Yeah, now that's a nice lineup right there. Yeah, there you go. Fox and Bunny is on PC. Space Warfare is on PC and Mac. Prototype Cube is on PC. Dumb Little Creatures on PC and Mac. And in Red Dead Online today, this week's gameplay editions include new free roam missions featuring fan favorites from the Red Dead Redemption 2 story, Sadie Adler and the gunslinger Black Bell. That's why I included Sadie. it because um, we can't tell you guys every time Red Dead Online pushes a content update because they do it all the time. If you play, you know. But I thought it was important to let you know if you haven't dipped into Red Dead Online and you loved Sadie in the main story, she's got some new free roam missions with her and Black Bell. Plus, PlayStation 4 players get early access to some customizations. Mm-hmm. The Ancient Tomahawk weapon, two new showdown modes in the form of Make It Count, Ancient Tomahawk, and Last Stand, along with early access to the new Perlino Andalusian horse. I don't know how to say that. New horse equipment, clothing, and emotes. And then, of course, um, this week, <laughs> Red Dead online players will receive a 25% increase in payouts across all a land of opportunity missions, free mm. roam missions, showdown modes, races, and free roam events. So that's, that's kind of a lot cool. to do in there. Yes. As if the game wasn't long enough. Yeah. It's still happening. If you never want to get off your horse, Red Dead right. Online. With your horse moats. And also out today, Oculus Quest and Oculus Rift S have started shipping. Uh, they feature 50-plus right. titles, right. including Super Hot, VR, uh, Beat Saber, Dance Central, and a bunch more. Um, we'll be talking about, well, we'll... I will be talking about some Oculus stuff that I played at Judges Week on Gamescast later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're curious about that. And then new dates... Um, your search comes to an end on August 30th as the first game of Supermassive's game, The Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan, launches in the Americas for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, for Steam. So this is August 30th. So this is the highly anticipated follow-up um, to Supermassive. You guys may know them from the people who made Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. The trailer looks spooky AF. Yeah, it's cool. It looks like real just- scary. Until um, dawn, like horror on a ship, kind of. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's creepy. It's very cool looking. So they do have a little uh, promo they're doing. If you want to secure day one access to the curator's cut, you can pre-order the game, I believe, and then they'll be. They said that the curator's cut includes new secret scenes not featured in the original playthrough, new options and choices offered within each scene, and new decisions mean new outcomes. They did make a note that if you don't get the curator's cut. They, those options will be available for purchase at a later date, but they did not give specifics. Um, Let's Go Nuts, the wacky multiplayer platform from BeardedBrothers.Games comes to Nintendo Switch on July 17th. Codemasters has announced a new mm-hmm. entry in the Grid Racing series, simply called Grid. It's a refreshed look at the auto sports series excuse me, that started back in 2008 and has its roots in the Taka games. Taka? No, that's an abbreviation for something, Fran. What is Toka? it? Toka? Man, I'll look it up while you continue. I'm just reading the blurb here. Grid releases September 13th this year, and you can learn more information. IGN is getting an exclusive for their first series later this week, so if you're a big Grid fan. Codemasters is great. They do dirt as well, you probably know. So, like, yeah, if you're into these games, it's pretty exciting that a, a new one is on the way. September 13th as well, I think, Borderlands, right? So, the, you're going yeah, to make a choice. Yeah, the early part of September is going to be stacked. <laughs> Did, There's also a rumor that uh, we were talking about this last night when, in our E3 prediction show. There's a, a game rumored to be coming out September 10th that's another multiplayer game. Oh, my gosh. I think it's what Touring Car, it? by the way. Toka is a Touring Car, I think. Okay. Tell us in your room. It's gonna ha- it's gonna come to me. There was a recent E3 rumor about what about a game that's coming out on September Borderlands. 10th. It's not Borderlands. It's close. <laughs> if you know it, kind of funny dot com slash you're wrong. Okay, Rad is also coming August twentieth. The game will be fully available across Steam, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One later this summer. Uh, Gears Five. Gears Five. Thank you. Oh, that's the rumor. That's the right rumor. before. Wee. Um, yeah, so that'll be September will be packed if that rumor's true. Um, I'm also going to be talking about my impressions on Rad in Gamescast this week. Super fun game. Was not expecting to like a roguelike, but it's got so much of that oh, fantastic double fine uh, quirkiness and Humor. whimsy that I really got into it. And I'll explain how Rad works with the <coughs> mutations and what the world is like um, 
uh, on Gamescast later cool. this week. Deals of the day. Uh, this one comes from uh, Emmett Watkins Jr., who wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you guys can write in and su- submit your deals of the day or questions or squad ups. And he writes, yo, almost forgot to write in about this, but here's the deal of the day. Remember when Sony's rewards gave you reward points for your trophies and you could use those points on PSN credit, PS Plus memberships, and other Sony products? That ability is back. Hmm. It was only taken down because the site was getting an overhaul. If you forgot, they'll give you 100 points or $1 for 100 silver trophies, 250 points or $2.50 for 25 golds, and 1,000 points or $10 for 10 platinums. And if you were signed up for the system earlier, they'll go back and include the trophies earned while the feature was hmm. missing. <clears throat> wow. Damn. Free money for playing I wonder games. how much that means for Greg. It's a good deal. I know. That was about, um, about 100 bucks from the sound of it. And also really quick, WB Games uh, sale is going on on PSN right now. So there you go. I've just been recently playing through the Batman Arkham game. So oh, um, I saw Wario tweeting about that. Yeah. So Return to Arkham is on sale. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight like premium edition is like only thirteen bucks. So get on it. Steal. All the Lego games are on sale. Nice. Check it out. There you go. So much to play. Um, we don't really have a ton of time for reader mail, unfortunately, but we can pick one of these questions. What do you think, Fran? Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I wasn't leaning in one way or not. Uh, I feel like we already talked a lot about the next gen stuff. Maybe we covered off on mm-hmm. that. Uh, maybe Oculus Quest because it's relevant. Sure. Yeah. So Game Jumper X writes in and says the Oculus Quest comes out today. I'm away from home a lot while trying to become a comedian and think this might be better for me than PSVR. Do you guys think it will succeed or is the VR headset market too full? Is Facebook going to properly curate the games and support this iteration long enough to make it worth buying? Did you get to try Oculus Quest yet, or did I've it just got crack? one at home? Oh, oh. yeah! Mm-hmm. But did you get to try it yet? <laughs> yes, of course. So you did. So um, Oculus sent me a Quest, but before I got the version to try at home, I tried it at a couple of different preview events over the last six months. So my the first thing I played on Oculus Quest was Beat Saber, and it was amazing. The cool thing about Beat Saber is that the graphics lend itself to the lower processing power of the Mm -hmm. Oculus Quest versus the Rift or the Rift S, which is the higher end processing. And so it visually looked good because they're not pushing really crazy graphics. That like, game in particular. Like, like, like it didn't some of the stand other out as oh it's slower res right. and, and whatever. Yeah. And so I had a ton of fun with it and because it's such a high movement game with uh, you know slashing all of the, the notes and things around the mm-hmm. screen the quest was perfect for that because it's cordless. And so you get you really have that freedom of movement without feeling like you're being tugged by the, the long tether oh, yeah. um, to the PC and so I really it, enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to trying out Dance Central, which I haven't gotten a chance to play yet. Yeah. Um, but I also got to uh, got to play a couple games at Judges Week um, that I was planning to talk about on the Games Cast. But nice. I think that it's a step in the right direction. However, it's tough when you play virtual reality in something like the Rift S or the Vive, where it looks so good because they're pushing so much processing power huh. that you still have to be tethered for that. But my big problem in VR is that I get sick really easily in VR, and I don't get motion sickness at all. And so those higher powered graphics make it a little bit easier for me to Mm -hmm. not get as nauseous when I get out of VR. And so I don't know. It's hard to say if the portability factor of VR is going to work because the quality in visuals is a marked difference. If I can put in a two cents, I'm someone who almost always like got really sick in VR, like uh, being put in like PlayStation VR, the the Rift and all that stuff, everything like never really worked for me. Um, except the stuff, or it might be the Rift where you can actually like move around. The mm-hmm. ones where like it recognizes your space and you can actually like move around a little bit, those help me out. And the the cool yeah. thing with the Quest is that you can show it like, hey, like this is the space that I'm in right now. So if I move a little bit this way or that way, um, like. You know, you can deal with that. And it was, I played a little bit last, uh, yesterday before I left, and I played Beat Saber for the first time, and I did not get sick at all. And it was like super cool. And I, I think it's, I think it's definitely check, uh, worth checking out to, for portability of VR. The problem is, it's not cheap. It's still $400 mm. for Oculus Quest. Yeah. Right. And, so it, 
And so, like, when you're talking about people who have that money to try it and are VR enthusiasts or excited about getting into VR, it certainly is an option. But, you know, you have PSVR, which is something that's just an add-on to to PlayStation. And I think what we really need to see in order to make this proven is the the library of games designed specifically for Quest, for the processing power of Quest, instead Mm -hmm. of them porting a Rift game down to a platform that has less processing power and seeing Mm -hmm. what that does. Because after seeing things on the Rift S, it's hard to go back to less processing power because it looks looks so good. Totally, and it's always that way. But like the... You know, you're hitting on it. Getting rid of the cord is just huge. I mean, that is frankly what we need from this platform. Um, one day we will be free of the cords, but we just can't do the processing power and uh, battery life and all that stuff. But this has been getting rave reviews. There's actually quite a few titles already on it. Like we were talking about Beat Saber, I think Super Hot VR. Uh, I was looking through, there's like a number of stuff Journey of the Gods, like Moss is on there. There's actually quite a bit. So, to the question one, there's already quite a bit. If you want to play Fruit Ninja and some of these others, but to be truly free of it, and I'm actually maybe more towards, um, what was the name of uh, the person who wrote in? Game Jumper X. Maybe more towards Game Jumper. I don't play VR because I just don't have space for it. Like between right. my streaming setup at home and my TV and my tiny apartment. That's almost everybody, I don't have time. right? Yeah. I actually need a product like this. So the portability is a cool factor as well if you're traveling and you're a comedian. But um, I, I think it's actually going to be pretty uh, effective. I think they're getting ahead of the um, holiday season where the price will come down a little bit, but it is in the right price point if it's going to work. And I do think that there's going to be quite a bit of support, but it's, it's don't, you know, it's hard to predict the future. Meaning if this thing flops, well, yeah, nobody's going to spend the time converting and making the games, but there's quite a few that I have pretty high confidence. It's going to be worth it. Oculus has, it would have already flopped and gone away if it was you know, they weren't going to continue down this route. So it's all going wireless one day is my point. So you should expect to see support. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And if you want to hear more about the games that I played in Oculus Rift and Quest, please tune into Gamescast this week. All right. So now it's time for Squad Up. We've got uh, Ricochet, who's playing Ricochet, on... Ricochet, by the way. Ricochet. And I've seen Ricochet in chat because oh, there you go. I said something of the same nature and they were like, yeah, nobody gets my name. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, now that you say it, I see it's Ricochet anyway. Right. But that's the problem with, with handles. It's spelled differently. Anybody yeah. who listens to me read subs on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games knows that I screw up your guys' names all the time. Yeah. What I told Ricochet, and I'll let you get to the squad, was your name's too clever, actually. That it, it was too clever that the way they're written, like sometimes you try to read them in the complicated way they're written. But um, anyway, it's a cool name. Ricochet writes, I'm looking to get back to The Division 2, Destiny 2, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online, or even Borderlands 2 on PS4. I only feel it's worth it if there's someone to play with, and that is in need of a sidekick or a buddy to roleplay with. I'm also available for playing and having fun in Sea of Thieves or Minecraft on the Xbox One if anyone's interested. So again, Ricochet, R-I-C-K-E-S-H-E-Y, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Look them up and have some fun online. See you, thieves. All right, uh, Fran. We'll back to that. We don't have too much time to go over you wrong, so we're going to have to edit this okay. sucker down. Let's find out. Uh, what did we miss? Um, holy moly, there's quite a bit of sends <laughs> in here. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, quite a bit of garbage in there. So. To be fair, you guys did ask for a lot of write-ins as well. I know, but I thought we'd have more time to talk about it, and then we didn't. Let me take a look in this document. Yeah. Um... We should encourage people to say you're wrong about. So Kebab says Minecraft doesn't have cross progression, but on PC, it does have some powerful world importing tools. All right. Um, But then the nanobiologist says cross progression is available in the Minecraft better together patch. Okay. It is. Um, So Justin says, hey, guys, for cross-play and progression, I play Smite and Paladins, and they are free to play, and the CEO of Hyros said he wants cross-play, but PS4 won't allow it. It has true cross-play on Switch, Xbox, and PC, but I think Dauntless only got it because of the Epic account connection. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I don't ever know how those deals go. Um... Yeah, anything else critical um, need. Omnivision says just purchased Realms yesterday on Minecraft and it's fully cross-play and cross-save on all platforms besides PS4 within those servers. Interesting. Okay, some other people writing in about Minecraft. Um, I think we got most of those in terms of like actually you're wrong. I'm not seeing. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Looking Oh, at... that's a good point. I, it's funny. So wait, the Call of Duty note. I was wondering. It already was on... 
iOS, I guess, but this is a, so this comes from, from Spencer, just a heads up. Call of Duty has already been on iOS for a while. Um, this upcoming game seems to be the fifth game release. Uh, so here are the games. It's Black I thought Ops. it was Zombies, only released in uh, markets outside the U.S. Though. Now we need another year wrong, but uh, yeah, I unfortunately I don't play these games on iOS, but hmm. I did. I felt like I did recall it on there, so hopefully that's accurate. Thank yeah, you, Spencer. Yeah, I thought because I knew that Call of Duty was doing I something mobile in Asia, but I didn't know that they had something. I feel like it was on before. there actually, and it's just like we. But thank you for yeah, for letting us know. One. We will have to that do some apologies. research. Um, let's see here. I don't know though. It's called Call of Duty Mobile pre-registered now. You're right, but it, whatever. Um, we'll double check it. Oh, interesting. Evan O writes in and says, "In Canada, in most rural areas, except for way up north, is rapidly approaching countrywide access to high-speed internet. Even some of the slowest areas here are 20 to 30 megabits per second. I personally get 100 up and down in a rural area where I don't even get cell service. Can't wait to stream my games. That's awesome, Evan. That's awesome to hear. I hope we can get that here in the United States. Canada's Canada, always Canada's better beating than us <laughs> in so many things. That's true. Canada's better. Yeah. I want um, my milk in bags." All right, let's see here. Another uh, person wrote in about Canada. Um, ta -ta -ta -ta. <laughs> Breaking mm -hmm. news. Another That was about the cost difference or something. Um, okay. Let's see here. The nanobiologist, as of January 2013, PS2 has sold over 158 million units. Higher than a higher than the hundred fifty million set. I, wow! Nanobiologist, I said wow. it said it sold more than one hundred and fifty million units. Yeah, I specifically said that. Go ahead, rewind the tape. Hairs. Thank you. You know, it's a five percent difference, so you know, important. But yeah, um, you, you said more than it was all the same. Oh, it's a three percent difference. Kebabs, we did skip that story. So there was a story um, about Nintendo shutting down mobile titles Fire Emblem Heroes and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp in Belgium due to unclear laws regarding in-game revenue models, aka loot boxes. We skipped that story because there was a lot of other news, and quite frankly, I'm tired of fucking talking about loot boxes <laughs> and Animal Crossing. Uh, you right, will right, definitely yeah. be talking about it more probably on yeah. tomorrow's show. But, yeah. I know <laughs> it'll happen. Anyway. And it was with Gary. It's Gary's favorite yeah. thing to talk about. Um, all right, I don't know what else we see here. There's so much more. Oh my gosh, you guys really outdid yourself and you're wrong today. Yeah. There's like not that much that was wrong, wrong um, or anything. Let's so see. I think we did da, a good da, job. Da, da. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nanopilogist, I don't deal in generalizations. I see what you're you did. Just there. encouraging him right now. Yeah, right. All right. So all right. tomorrow's host, as I mentioned, me and Mr. Gary Witta for Witta Wednesday. Fran and I are back for Frandria on Thursday. And then it's Fran and Snowbike Mike. Yes, I'm excited Friday. about that one. I'm kind of sad I'm not going to get to see him. It's going to be a hi. banger. Because um, I'm going to be gone. But Tune in Friday. You guys are going to crush it. He's great. Yeah, I love um, Snowbike Mike. Thank you, everybody, for watching the show. Don't forget you can subscribe on your favorite podcast service. Subscribe at YouTube.com slash games. Head to Patreon.com slash games if you would like to support the show. We have to keep paying Barrett, you guys. So in order Please. to do that, we need some help from those from our members over at Patreon. But also us. Check games. out Andrea on What's Good Games on <laughs> oh, all thanks, your Fran. platforms around the world. And of course, where can people watch you stream? <laughs> on Twitch TV slash FM3 underscore if you'd like to support me and want to continue seeing me here on the show, drop on by. Thank you. It's going to be great. All right, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve.